This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. I got this podcast out a little bit later than I wanted to this week. I apologize here. Life happens. Literacy. We're going to talk about literacy today. There was a conversation with one of the organizations I work with on how to write an effective safety plan or procedure. We went through all the steps, but the last thing I added, sort of like an aside, like a flippant response, I realized that in the United States, we have a very high illiteracy rate. People can't read or write. So when you write these plans, you need to consider that. I'll give you statistics here in a minute, but think about it. The audience that you're writing for, can they actually read the plans? Can they read what you're saying? Do they understand it? Everything else that goes along with literacy. Literacy isn't only about reading, it's about thinking, in short. So, what does that mean, thinking? What you, no, process information, come up with new ideas, link ideas, communicate with your coworkers. Do a presentation, even if it's like talking, hey, this is how we're going to do the job, or this is how we're going to work safely. And basically, if you cannot read or write, it impedes your career. And it's just the way it is. Your career will be limited regardless of what job you do. Now, I'm not talking about college versus non-college here, because in my world, that really does not matter. Skilled tradesmen, or women, make the same amount, or sometimes more, than their college graduate uh, counterparts in the same career field. Now, some of you are saying, well, Jim, literacy is really not a problem. Well, here are some statistics. According to the U.S. Department of Education, you can look this up on your own. In 2020, 54% of adults 16 to 64 years old, now that's over 130 million people, can only read at a, roughly a 6th grade level or below. And 1 in 5 adults, according to the National Center for Education Statistics, which is part of the U.S. government, that's 1 in 5 adults have insufficient literary literacy skills, I should talk here, right? Literacy skills sufficient to complete tasks that require comparing and contrasting information, paraphrasing, or making low-level inferences and decisions. College graduates, you think, hey, they're college graduate, they know everything. No, they're ask a college graduate, they'll tell you that they know everything if they're right out of school a lot of times. But don't think that they're in much better shape. So, uh, from the same sources, National Center for Education Statistics, in 2006, and they haven't seemed to update this information, that somewhere between one-fifth and one-third of college graduates have literacy issues. So that's between, between 20 and 33%. That's a problem. So just because someone has a college degree does not necessarily mean that they can read well. Now, how does all this impact safety? That's what we're talking about, since we're safety professionals that listen to this show. I had a list that was like 20 things long. I whittled it down to five. Number one, you're not able to process new instructions or interpret old instructions. You're not able to assess risk properly because you may or may not understand the job fully and appreciate all the aspects of the job. You're not able to read safety signs, safety warnings, notices, anything like that. Danger signs? That all goes out the window. 
And along with that, here I'll add this one. Just because you could read something doesn't mean that you could comprehend it. That's a big issue. And the obvious one that everyone would go to with this is safety data sheets for chemicals. The new forms we've been using over the last something like seven years now, it's been a while, uh, where all those forms are changed from material safety data sheets to safety data sheets under the uh, GHS system, the globally harmonized system for hazardous materials in the workplace, where all these things are designed so now you're able to understand them. We have pictograms, things of that nature on them, so they're easier to understand, but that does not necessarily mean that people who are illiterate could actually really understand and appreciate some of those symbols. Basically, the situation has vertical and horizontal implications with everything. So now you're a company and how do you manage that? Often they don't. I've worked with contractors in the construction industry that deliberately hired people that were illiterate. Why? They didn't have to pay them as much. That was one of the criteria. You can't be too smart working for that company. If you hire me, I'll tell you that it was company. I'm just joking there. Now you're the safety professional. You're not usually in charge of hiring people, firing people, or anything like that. Now you're hired. People are hired. Your coworkers are. They may or may not be literate. How do you manage those people? Because I tell you what, they deserve safety as much as everybody else. A lot of companies hire them. So, guess what? Now we don't have to worry about those people working safely. They don't know anything about OSHA. They don't know what's going on. They're going to do what we're telling them to do and everything else. That's a dangerous thing. The big thing is, is that trying to manage this creates a burnout environment for everyone. Recently, I had one of my colleagues who was a safety professional work for a paving company. And the paving company hired a lot of people who did not care about safety. They had no... No, the company didn't care. The employees didn't care. He got wrapped into this situation thinking that maybe he could change things, that maybe they were going to pay him well, maybe he was going to be successful. Everybody had all the greatest intentions in the world. What happened? After about two months, he became so burned out with the situation because he would end up having to train people over and over and over again to work safely. And it was just a nightmare. And it turns out, he's, he's talking to me, I said, can these people read? Can they write? He says, no, none of them want to make out any checklists because they can't read the checklist, Jim. They can't participate in a job hazard analysis because they can't communicate. They, it's a horrible situation here. He ended up having to uh, leave the company because he could not handle the stress of dealing with the situation. Very high accident rates also uh, at that company. So some of the other strategies, being a hop person, human and organizational performance, what do we do? We try to design work areas so you minimize all the risks. You set up a system of controls and safeguards to make your workplace safer. You don't go out and blame the employee and say, well, hey, you just need to try harder. You just need to work safer. How many times have we used that back in the day? Never worked. Another thing you could do, hire one or two people with strong personalities who are literate. If you could train them, you might be able to manage everybody else because you, they're going to become the leaders of the organization. Those leaders are going to be able to uh, influence their workforce. Now you're going to say, well, strong personality, what do you mean, Jim? Don't you mean a leadership? Yeah, leadership obviously goes with that, but you need a strong personality who's able to go in there and be a leader. 
with the with everybody. You have to rely on supervision, confident persons, and other support staff. But often organizations over rely on them. If you have a bunch of people who cannot make a decision out there, it's a very uh, difficult thing for a supervisor, a confident person, or anybody else to manage. Where you have to tell somebody how to do everything. Right? We're not talking new employees here necessarily. New employees have to be trained. If you change situations, change the system that you're working in, you may have to retrain people and educate people and work with people. It's very difficult to do that if, let's say, you put together a training class or you try to get them to participate and things. It doesn't work out very well. The other thing is this. I've done uh, safety training classes for groups uh, that are underserved in our community, uh, groups that may be at risk, things of that nature, and the training style changes. Or I have to be very tactile, very hands-on with that type of group where we're actually training them to do a skill. I've also had to do almost like a STEAM class, science, technology, engineering, and math, where we've had to actually go in and said, look, oil and water don't mix. Oil floats on top of water type of thing for, let's say, a company that was doing an emergency response. Let's say the Gulf oil spill uh, comes to mind where we had to actually have basic science classes as part of our training. Train them on everything because, again, we're dealing with a group of folks here. Most of them, a lot of them, I would say most of the workforce that I dealt with never graduated high school. A lot of them never graduated eighth grade. A lot of them could not read, could not write, anything like that. You have to give them the same training that everybody else gets. That's a story for another day. Can't really share it here on a podcast where everybody could hear it. There's more to the story, a lot more to the story. And we're not talking about English here. I've worked with crews where I have had to hire foreign language trainers. And the crews could not read or write in their own language. I had this happen this week, and it compounds the issues that uh, we all face as safety professionals. In many countries, other than the U.S., literacy continues to be a huge issue. So uh, the United States will la- uh, is rated something like 37, 38, 39th in the country, in the world, I'm sorry, in literacy. Well, there's a lot of countries out there that are lower than us. A lot of countries higher than us, a lot lower. So those, that's one of the things you have to, uh, you have to address here. So I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite stories because it wouldn't be Safety Wars without a story here. I had uh, an employee that a client of mine wanted to fire. I said, look, before you fire him, let's see, this is a good guy. This guy's name is Joe. I said, Joe's a really good guy. Dependable. Everything else you're looking for. him. Let me see if I could like talk to him like a human being, not yell at him like everybody seems to do. And see if I can help the situation here try to find out what the issue is. No, he was, didn't want to make out paperwork. I, and we're talking back and I say, hey, Joe. And it was in private. I said, Joe, is it that you can't read? And he looked at me and he, with tears in his eyes and says, Jimmy, I can read. I just can't read well. I can't do any of this paperwork that you're asking me to do. Job hazard analysis, checklist, the help participating in accident investigations, any of this stuff, because I can't read. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I said, well, you can read a little, right? He said, yeah, I can read a little, but I'm not really that good. I said, look, I wish you would have told everybody this earlier in private. I said, I can manage. Hey, Jimmy, I can't read. I can manage that all day long. What I can't manage is this. F you, I'm not doing paperwork. That nobody can manage. 
So we set up a whole system for him. We actually had a little bit of remedial reading classes with him. The vocabulary, how to spell things, all different types of things to try to help Joe along. And eventually the project I was on ended and we went our separate ways. A couple years later, I'm, I run into him in a uh, shopping mall in the Woodbridge Center Mall in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And believe it or not, he worked his way up in a pretty short period of time once he learned how to read a little bit better through the paperwork he started helping other people with paperwork and eventually became a high-level supervisor at that company because I encouraged him to read and every, and things of that nature. Learned He learned better. He went on his own, and it changed his life. And he said to his wife, this is the safety guy that changed my life and saved my job. I felt like a million bucks when I heard that, right? It was like, hey, th this guy actually helped me out here. And he was really, and this is what's sad, He's the only one that ever respected me and the only one that actually ever helped me to do my job. Biggest compliment I could have. So, what do we do here? This is why I stress literacy with children, with schools. I'm a big proponent of literacy, especially now that I have children. I have a 10 and an 8-year-old, almost 8-year-old. The 8-year-old is going on about 13 or 14, right, with the attitude. But anyway... You have to address these issues early in life. That's why you have to have early interventions. You don't go and degrade people. You don't say, well, they're illiterate, they're this, uh, screw them. Can't do that. You have to help people. That's what we're about. We're safety professionals. And guess what? Every situation is unique. But literacy is a battle we need to fight in our ongoing safety war that we're so serious about here. I'll just end it there. For safety wars, this is Jim are you tired of hiring safety consultants and safety professionals that don't have any passion for what they're doing? How about those who have never worked in the field or done the dirty work? Is there resistance to taking safety training because the training is boring, irrelevant, and unengaging? Are your employees playing a team, college student, or someone on the dark web to take the online safety training for them? Look no further. Safety Wars can come to your facility or do most of the training you need through an online platform at times convenient for you. For more information, call me, Jim Polzel, your Safety Wars host at 845-694-4170. Or you can email me at jim at safetywars.com. Remember, if you've heard this transmission, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.